We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to episode number 13 of Fantasy Bites. I'm your host, Joe Bartle. Continuing on our player-centric focus is Pacers forward T.J. Warren and his incredible pace thus far in the bubble of the NBA. Alex Bruther hops on to break down whether this run is sustainable or not, and if you should target him in your fantasy leagues or DFS in the coming weeks. Without further ado, enjoy. Fifty-three points, thirty-four points, thirty-two points. Those are T.J. Warren's last three games, and it's not as if he wasn't scoring when Oladipo returned in this last matchup against the Magic, too. So, at this point, is T.J. Warren going to be somebody that you have to be drafting high if you're doing uh, redraft leagues for the playoffs? I believe so. I mean, as you know, as far as we know, Demontis Sabonis won't be coming back anytime soon. He's dealing with plantar fasciitis. He left the bubble. Uh, a while ago. And, you know, he was someone who was taking 13, 14 shots a game and TJ Warren kind of slides into not exactly his role because Sabonis was kind of the center of the offense in terms of doing a lot of passing and high post stuff, but someone's got to, uh, got to take over those shots and Oladipo's still less than hundred percent. Brogdon was in and out of the lineup. Other than that, TJ Warren is the best pure scorer that the Pacers have and someone who's had a, you know, a history of, of being able to score when given the opportunities, uh, you know, right now he's taking 24 shots a game in the bubble. Um, I could see that moving down a little bit, but I think he'll still be around that 20 mark. And as far as his efficiency goes, we've seen him be efficient almost all season, or at least somewhat recently since January 6th, he's shooting 58% from the field, 44% from three, 80% from the free throw line. So all of this is, it's surprising. Sure. Um, But from TJ Warren, who we've known has been a scorer his whole career. 
Uh, it's not, you know, it's not completely out of the realm of possibility that he continues scoring in probably the high twenties, I would say in the playoffs. Yeah. It's crazy. Cause he was essentially a salary dump from the sun's perspective and the Pacers were glad to take on a second score. Uh, they have plenty of facilitators. And I think right now in Oladipo's, um, I guess call it a comeback, so to speak, uh, sure. for the bubble. He, he feels at least, at least from that first game, cause we, that's really all we have to go off. He feels like more of a facilitator along with Brogdon too. So like when you're looking at the main scores, it is TJ Warren. And then it's like, uh, I don't know. We'll have to see anybody else in a given night could do what they need to for the Pacers. And I think they're kind of a threatening team, um, in the East when a lot of people are ready to write them off, especially when Sponis was ruled out. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, they have, uh, their bench, you know, has kind of taken a hit Jeremy lamb out for the season, but you're right. I mean, for the Pacers to be a legitimate threat in the East. And by that, I mean, kind of just winning potentially a first round series or maybe a second round upset, you know, they'll, they'll probably draw the 76ers. They might end up having to play the heat or, or Boston or whoever TJ Warren needs to be able to score their, close to this much because Brogdon only takes 14 shots a game. Oladipo in his uh, 15 games total back is only taking 12 shots a game. He can probably get closer to 15, 16, 17 in the playoffs, but you're not going to trust necessarily miles Turner with 15 shots. Aaron holiday is, you know, still really young Doug McDermott. Like once you get down into kind of the uh, nitty gritty of the Pacers lineup, there aren't a lot of like high volume guys in there. So if the Pacers really want to make noise in the playoffs, TJ Warren has to keep doing this. The volume we figure is going to be there, but can the efficiency continue in the playoffs when you have defenses like the Celtics or heat or 76ers that know, Hey, we need to stop TJ Warren. He is going to be the prime focus. We'll let Brogdon Oladipo, miles Turner. We'll let those guys beat us. We can't let TJ Warren do that. Do you, do you feel like his efficiency is going to drop? Cause he's already 5% higher from his field goal percentage last year with the Suns, and, and we've seen his free throw percentage also jump up 8% from 2017 to 2018, but he's been pretty close to that this season as well. So it's really the field goal bump that we've seen. And of course it's gotten even higher in the bubble. Yeah, that's a tough question. I think, I think defenses will certainly be more focused on him and you know, he's someone who has never played a playoff game in his career. So that is a little concerning in terms of will he be ready for playoff basketball um, when, you know, whoever it is, if Jimmy Butler is hounding him all game uh, or they play, you know, Boston and Tatum's on him or stuff like that, whether he can consistently fire off 20 quality shots a game, um, you know, you're right. The volume will be there. I don't think he'll shoot, you know, 54% for the field, 40% from three, 82% from the free throw line, maybe the free throws, will be there in the playoffs, but the efficiency that that's certainly fair to call the question. Have you done any redraft leagues for the NBA playoffs yet? Or I know that there's, there's going to be a window of which is eligible because we're still kind of waiting to see which teams are officially in yada, yada, yada. But do you know what the ADP for Warren is looking like right now? I don't know off the top of my head. So NFBKC runs a, is running a postseason league. And, um, I'm not sure exactly how early you can start drafting. Personally, I'd wait until, you know, almost the final day of the, of the seeding games because of injuries. We've actually seen a pretty like significant amount of injuries so far in these first three or four seeding games. 
Um, you know, Ben Simmons, Aaron Gordon, Jaron Jackson, guys like that. So I wait, I'm not sure what his, what his value would be, but someone you'd probably want to draft, um, relatively early, you know, you, you are always afraid with the Pacers of getting bounced in the first round, but in terms of drafting guys on teams who might get bounced in the first round, Warren, Webb he's up close. there. He's up okay. there for sure. From a DFS perspective, I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of listeners also looking at this and saying, wow, he's scored over 30 points every game in the bubble so far. Do you feel like his salary? And I, I don't know what it's going to be today. I should have probably checked, but just for what we'd anticipate the playoffs, there's a lot of, there's going to be a lot of big hitters playing the same night. Yada, yada. Uh, you know, the, the honest Giannis is LeBron, Anthony Davis. Those latter two have not really been returning investment for DFS users. Do you feel like Warren's price is going to be sustainable uh, relative to the production he can have in the playoffs? That's going to be an important question. Yeah. Warren is 8,800 right now. Uh, on FanDuel, which is a fair price uh, because he's put up 67, 74, and 51 fancy points each of these, you know, first three games. I would expect him to stay around, you know, over 8,000 at this point. Just the pure volume, it's, it's going to be difficult for him to drop below that. I would say, you know, at least for at least for Warren, you know, we kind of talked about his uh, his efficiency woes potentially creeping in during the playoffs. You know, I would be as concerned about his defensive stats falling off uh, because I think those are really, really outliers right now. These first three games averaging a combined 4.3 steals and blocks uh, while in the regular season, he was a combined 1.7. So if we're talking, you know, what could regress potentially in the playoffs, I think it is probably those defensive stats. Remember on site like FanDuel, those are worth a ton. Right. So you're losing potentially six to 10 fantasy points uh, on any given night, just based on his defense regressing. All right. Final question. It's TJ Warren related, but let's pretend like Warren can continue this type of efficiency uh, and, and will be this stud for the Pacers that we've seen through the first three games who benefits the most from this. Is it Oladipo? Is it Brogdon? I mean, Miles Turner is getting plenty of run with Sabonis out. Who's, who's the second most beneficial guy with Warren's emergence, these past couple games. I think it's really good for Oladipo because it takes so much pressure off of him to be the driver of the offense because Oladipo is when he's right. And when he's a hundred percent, he should be the best offensive player on the team and the best defensive player on the team. And if he's not either of those things, it's going to be tough for the Pacers to make a lot of waves. And the fact that TJ Warren is able to come in and do this takes pressure off of Oladipo to be the best offensive player on the team. So he can focus on defense or he can focus on playmaking. So I think this, this does alleviate a lot off of, uh, off of Oladipo's shoulders and potentially can make him more efficient. I, I know I shouldn't be saying this as both a Badgers fan and a Bucks fan. I mean, any, there should be no reason why I'm rooting for Oladipo, but I really do want to see him get back to what he can be. Cause we, we know he could be one of the better scorers and better defenders in all the NBA. So to kind of see that unfold, be great. And then I'm, I'm looking forward to it as just a basketball fan in general. I agree. Yeah. He's a, he's a top 20 player when, when he's fully healthy. So hopefully we can see him start to get back to that. And he's easily the number one singer in all the NBA. I'm a, I'm a mass singer fan. So I can definitely say that for certain that uh, Oladipo is right up there. All right, Alex, thanks for popping on and, and breaking out TJ Warren for us. Of course. Thanks for having me. That does it for us in episode number 13 of the show. Of course, special thanks to the racing pulses for lending their music 
as well as Alex Berutha for hopping on and giving a breakdown of what could be a hopeful star of the NBA during this bubble period. Thanks for listening.